I've been noticing lately that many members of my family and my friends are experiencing a kind of chronic exhaustion. They're experiencing an overarching pressure and stress when it comes to their careers. So today, we're going to talk about that. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. Find a job you enjoy doing, and you'll never have to work a day in your life, right? Well, not really. No matter how you personally define success, generations of adult workers tend to have the same thing in common, an almost noxious obsession with hard work. And by hard work, we use that interchangeably with overworking, meaning spending a disproportionate amount of our hours working on tasks. Likely many of you listeners know exactly what I'm talking about here. The early mornings and the late evenings, the habitual weekend work, the nonstop connection to your company and clients via your smartphone, whether it's email or text messaging. And likely you've probably experienced sensations of guilt or anxiety or even shame in the moments when you are not doing something to move your career forward, when you're not doing something, when you're not serving a customer or client in need over the weekend, for instance. Yet how often are we invited to take a moment and really think, where is all of this hard work taking me anyways? Because working longer does not mean we are working better. In actuality, overwork can reduce our productivity. There are so many studies that show that. So why do we continue to work long hours if it means we're going to get worse results? It doesn't make any sense, but we still do it. One notable Stanford study found that it's practically pointless to work beyond 55 hours a week from an efficiency standpoint. That study showed that there really is little difference between someone who worked 70 hours or more a week and someone that worked 55 hours as far as the outputs were concerned. What's more is this chronic overwork, it can literally kill us. And that's not an exaggeration. In Japan, there's actually a word to describe working oneself to death. That's how common that it is. And I'll link another study in the show notes that had over 85,000 participants. And again, those who worked over 55 hours a week were much more likely to develop an irregular heartbeat. That can lead to all kinds of problems down the road like stroke, heart failure, dementia. But you probably know this already. I'm sure you have come across a YouTube video or a podcast that highlights the negative effects that lack of sleep, for instance, or stress can have on you physically and mentally. That's no secret. You, you may have even come across the productivity studies that I've already talked about. So why? Why do we do it? Why do we chronically overwork ourselves to the point where we sacrifice our physical and mental health? Well, for one thing, economic inequality is real. That's one piece of this puzzle. But there's another piece of this as well. That cultural conditioning is powerful. Cultural conditioning is not some arbitrary, airy-fairy thing. Psychological conditioning is a very real and powerful part of being a human, and it has real consequences. It shapes our values, priorities, and behaviors. It influences our decisions. It supports this kind of weird self-perpetuating 
mental cycle because we often find our belief systems compound upon one another. You know, as our brain seeks to create a consistent storyline, as it looks to make sense of the world, it often pays attention to those things that support our already existing beliefs and disregards things in the environment that don't support those pre-existing beliefs. So our tacit assumptions about life and success have the tendency to become rigid and dogmatic because we no longer see our beliefs for what they are, moldable, glorified opinions of the world. We don't see them that way. We see our beliefs as truth. If you grew up in America, you've heard the folklore of the self-made quote-unquote man. No matter where you've grown up, you may have seen a parent work several jobs. You may have seen that same parent go back to school and even run a household. Hard work is definitely part of the American identity and the identity of many other cultures as well. And the faulty association is that overworking is a requirement for success and it's reinforced everywhere. So it's no wonder that our identity, our sense of self, our sense of pride is so tied up with this illusion that hard work is the same thing as being successful. We're so consumed by this illusion that we sacrifice everything for it. Our physical and mental health, our relationships, our vitality itself, as we've just talked about. Because after all, being a good quote-unquote worker is something to be proud of. Nobody wants to be labeled as lazy. So our work ethic is a way of showing to ourselves in the world what a worthwhile person we are. How many times have you said or have you heard statements like, wow, I don't know how you do it. So in many ways, it's our work ethic that takes center stage, more so than the actual results we're producing. I think this is because the hours we work is something we have direct control over. And so it's something we can take immense pride in. And internally, we kind of play this game with ourselves that, you know, we're going to do this better than everybody else. I'm going to be the last one to leave the office or I've also heard this, I don't need the same amount of sleep as other people. You know, burnout, please, I'm not going to burn out. But here's the problem. We do burn out. Employees, entrepreneurs, and freelancers, we burn out. None of us are Superman or Superwoman. And whether we want to admit that or not, it doesn't change the fact that we're only human. Humans need sleep to function adequately, for example. For every 100 people that think that they can sleep four to six hours a night without it affecting their performance negatively, less than five can. Only one to three percent of the entire human population are truly unaffected by sleeping less than six hours a night. (laughs) Another part of this is that humans don't possess the ability to concentrate for unlimited periods of time. We need periods of focus and unfocus for optimal performance in regards to things like decision-making, creativity, and tapping into that innate resilience. Human beings, we're not robots. We're multifaceted social creatures who experience and will always experience a fluctuation in energy levels, in our motivation, and in our moods. Here's the bottom line of it is no, no matter how hard we try to solve those stressful internal feelings by creating tasks on our never-ending to-do list and then checking them off, that strategy will ultimately fail. Because even well-intentioned self-care, self-love activities like taking a warm bath or taking the time to meditate, they ultimately don't address the root of the problem. Because here's the thing, taking time to exercise, to meditate, 
or to do yoga, that's only adding more things into our already busy schedules. And so the irony becomes that these activities that are supposed to bring a person well-being become sources of stress. I've seen people get really down on themselves or upset that they didn't do their daily exercise or their daily meditation, or they force themselves to do yoga even when they're exhausted and just want to go to bed. So we're really in need of a shift here, a fundamental change in our assumptions and approach to work success and self-worth. Success means different things to different people. And this is my favorite question to ask people. Well, how much is enough? How much is enough money? How much is enough business growth? A lot of times when I ask people that question, they don't know how to answer it. They've never really reflected on what it is. They're just so consumed by this rat race, basically. And then finally, I'd encourage people to, you know, question where your feelings are really coming from, from a psychological and a logical perspective. And from your current way of thinking about work and success, can you ever really be satisfied? From your current way of thinking about work and success, can you ever really be satisfied? Ultimately, you know, I'm a huge fan of using our real lives as our classroom. There was a gal I came across named Kate who authored a book called Do Less. And what she shared was so interesting because I've kind of experienced a similar aha moment myself. She realized that, you know, when she became pregnant, she was forced to cut her work hours. And to her her astonishment and amazement, her business maintained the same results. And a direct quote from Kate is, I was shocked by the amount of pressure that my identity had wrapped up in being productive and being busy. So I invite you to look at that today. How much pressure has been put upon yourself? How much do you associate your identity and your worth with being productive and being busy for busy sake? Because again, sheer hours worked is not the same thing as getting results. So in the end, in conclusion, before we end today, burnout is a symptom. If we have a moment of clarity and wisdom, we can start to see it for what it is. It's a sign. Burnout can be likened to a thermostat of sorts. It's turning on the central air conditioning when the house gets too hot. So instead of pushing through that and doing more things, can we start to explore together these symptoms of burnout, these sensations, and use them as opportunities to hold with curiosity our habitual thinking patterns and approach to work ultimately. You know, we can learn more about how the human system works. We can take a step back. We won't be able to access it all at every moment, but we do have moments where we have a bit more awareness and therefore the ability to question the need to keep working even when our mind and our body and our spirit is telling us to stop and take a break. So with fresh perspective, we can all naturally start to behave differently. We can start to relate to one another differently. We can, God forbid, ask for help or be honest with our colleagues about the amount of work that is reasonable for a person to handle. And upper management, I'm talking to you here too. This is your opportunity to start to shift the paradigm and to truly lead. Because ultimately, we can learn how to work smarter instead of harder. 
and we can begin to praise one another for that instead of praising each other for running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Well, that's all that I have for today. And before I end, I just want to also say I do recognize that there is extreme economic inequality in the world and that there's so many people in the world that, that don't have a choice but to work two or three jobs. And that's why I'm inviting company owners, people in power to especially evaluate this from a more logical standpoint. You've been listening to what we should have learned in school. I'm your host, Amy Leo. If you found this at all thought-provoking, I encourage you to share this with someone in your life that could benefit. Maybe you have a friend who loves to work but is experiencing a little bit of burnout, as we call it. Feel free to share the link and click that button to subscribe if you haven't already. One click really could make all the difference. I'll talk to you again soon.